This is Xane Anderson, and welcome to the Principal Podcast today. Today, I am absolutely thrilled to have Christian Van Buren with us on the show today. I, I can't tell you how excited I am to have Chris, Christian Van Buren. He's the co-founder of Ripple Effect Fatherhood. It's a nonprofit organization that focuses to promote, inspire, and encourages positive presence of fatherhood in the lives of everyone. He's from Chicago. He's got a great. He's got a great story. Tell us about you, Christian. Thrilled to have you here. Man, well, first off, X, you know, again, thanks for having me. I love what you're doing with your podcast. Um, I think it's very much needed in our society. So again, from me to you, thank you so much for having me. Um, but a little bit about me, like you said, I'm from Chicago, Illinois, born and raised. I left Chicago uh, when I graduated high school. I was in Louisiana for a year with my uncle. Um, and then from Louisiana, I moved to Texas where I met my wife and I stayed there for about seven years. And then now we live in Charlotte, North Carolina. We actually just decided to sell our house, move to Charlotte. And I mean, we love it. We fell in love with the area. Uh, we've already done some exploring and um, yeah. And then as, as far as, you know, diving a little bit deeper, right. Cause I know that's kind of what the people are interested in. Um, you know, we have a, we have a nonprofit called ripple effect fatherhood and, you know, really my inspiration for starting it was, uh, kind of something that you said when we got started, X, is something that I really like that you said, you know, you, you I turned my pain into into my superpower or really I, I recognized that my pain was my superpower. And, and just to dive into that for the audience, I grew up without my father being fully present in my life for the first seven to 10 years. He was in and out. And when I say in and out, he was probably in for and, and, and this is kind of a little ways back, so I can't remember but he was probably in for like maybe a, a month or so, a couple months, and then he'd be gone for a while. Right. And then, you know, in for a month or so. And, and so, um, and then when I was about 10, seven to 10 years old, uh, that was the last time I saw him up until I turned, I think 26. So, or yeah, 25 last year. Um, I actually reconnected with him for the first time. Um, but he was, he, he, he was, uh, I guess, uh, he he was a victim of substance abuse i say is that is that the right way to say it um yeah so he dealt with that and um yeah and really it inspired me to be the best father that i can be so uh, you know as i chatted with you prior to the show one of the things that almost gave me tingles as i heard this you know hear you haven't seen your father for years right i mean there was a time where it was many years where you hadn't seen him and now you've started a nonprofit to try to help people be positive fathers. Yes. Me, as I say that, like I almost tear up because it's like some, here was something that was painful for you. Your dad probably has so many great things, but for, at that point, it wasn't checked in. And you're saying, look, how can I inspire other fathers to check in? Mm. Man, you're, I'm crying right now because I'm thinking this is the kind of guy that America, that people need throughout the world to hear from. I'm gonna take something that was painful, I'm gonna make it my superpower, and I think you're doing it. So I wanna tell you, so here you are, you're a dad now, right? I mean, you're, tell us about that, you're a dad. How, how old is your child? So my son, his name is Kylan. Uh, he is 20 months old, he turned 20 months on April 28th. Wow, mm -hmm. and, you, and you're, 
in your child's life and it's right at the beginning. And you, I, I, I don't know if our viewers are watching some video or not, but I saw how you smiled when you said that. And yeah. gosh, you can tell you're, you're, you have a child and you're, you're a dad. How's it changed yeah. your life? Tell us about that. Man, he, you know, if I could put it into words, then we'd be on here for probably more time than zoom would allow. Right. Um, but honestly, simply put, the way I, when we got on here, I said that being a father has given me a new set of eyes on life. And as I say that, I realize that each day that I get to be in his life, I get the privilege of being in his life. It's like a, it's just, it's just a new set of eyes on life. It's a, it's a new way of looking at gratitude. It's a new way of looking at just all the good things about life. And, you know, my son, you know, gosh, I mean, every parent loves, or I would hope every parent loves their, their children endlessly. But, you know, when I, when I think about my son, I think about, I think about my purpose, you know, something that I was, something that I kind of thought about growing up was, you know, what, what am I here for? How can, you know, what is my, what is my, I'm a puzzle piece in this big puzzle of life. Where, where does my piece fit? And becoming a father made me realize that, hey, that's, that is, that is really the only piece that you need to focus on from here on out and everything else, all the other pieces will come together. But my son, I mean, well, before that, let me backtrack. My wife, Madison has been the, the very best blessing in my life. That is the first, I found the shape of my puzzle piece in her right? Being a husband was, was one of the first blessings in my life. And, and it really gave me an outlook like, Hey, this is what you're meant to do. You're meant to love this woman with everything that you have. And then she blessed me with our child. And that just kind of gave me a space to put my puzzle piece and say, Hey, here's your opportunity to turn your pain into your superpower, which is a great way that I, and I love that you put it that way, but my son has definitely been the, the answer to, Hey, what am I doing here? And man, I, like I said, I, I will ramble on and ramble on if you allow me to, but for the sake of the podcast, um, yeah, my, just being a father has been such an enlightening experience and, you know, it's taught me a lot about myself. It, you know, it's really taught me a lot about myself and has, given me the awareness that, Hey, you have a son and you've got to teach him all these things, but don't forget you are also still living the life that God gave you. And so you guys are learning together. I love that. I love how you honored your spouse. You said, you, you talked about Madison, your wife in such high, awesome terms. That's so much, you know, part of fatherhood, I think, and I know we're not all good at it sometimes, I know I'm not, is, is finding a way to honor your spouse and set that good example about uh, honoring, loving your spouse, being there for them. Let's back up just a little bit here. Tell us, you know, what are some of the challenges that you faced um, as a result of not having your father present while you were there? While yeah, were so, there? yeah, I mean, I'll, one of the challenges that I know I faced is we'll, we'll start with marriage, right? Like 
I grew up in a single mother household, you know, uh, going all that time without having my dad, my mom, you know, she, she was single the, the entire time. Right. Um, and honestly, uh, I think it comes from a place of, you know, protecting her. I'm her only child. Right. So she was very protective of who she allowed, especially with what she went through with my dad. She was very protective from that point of who she allowed into our home, who she allowed into her life, into my life. And I appreciate that a hundred percent, but lacking that father figure and really lacking my biological father, knowing that, Hey, he is alive and, but he's just not here. Um, I lacked that understanding of what a husband is to a wife in a healthy way. And so I will say that I believe that that's one of the challenges that I had to overcome early on in my marriage is, hey, what is this supposed to look like? I know, I know what my emotions tell me. I know I love this woman. I know I love her endlessly. Just as much as I could love another person, I know I love her. But how do I do this the right way? Um, so that was one of the challenges. And then another challenge not having that, your dad as a model, you had to figure it you have, and you probably are figuring it out. Not have, like, how do I, how do I act as a, as a husband? How, Cause I haven't seen somebody do it at least maybe enough in a, in a great way. Yeah. You know, a quote that I heard recently, which was very, very eye opening to me, you know, met, metaphorically, I guess is children learn with their eyes, not with their ears. Right. And so as a child, I I learned by seeing. And so I couldn't learn how to be a husband if I didn't see somebody in the home being a husband to my mom, you know? So yeah, I lacked the, I lacked that, that, that those, those qualities that, or those little, the things that a husband does, for example, you know, uh, do you know how how to speak to your wife how to communicate with your wife you know how to uh if if you guys have a disagreement how to actually forgive each other and, and then ask for forgiveness or how to apologize you know in a marriage it's different apologizing to somebody at work as opposed to apologizing to your spouse i feel like you know it's it's a different concept it's because it's more there's more intention behind that when it comes to a marriage because you're trying to strengthen one another. Um, so, you know, those little things I had to learn, you know, and I think communication was the big thing. Communication is something that I always thought that I lacked because like I said, I spent a lot of time um, alone. My mom started working night shift when I was nine years old. Um, so I spent a lot of time by myself as a kid. And, uh, you know, as I got older, especially when I got married, I always felt that I had a problem communicating. I always suppressed. And so I feel like seeing a father or having a father in the home, seeing somebody communicate or seeing somebody express their feelings. Like I, I would have that. I would, I would, it would become kind of like a, a habit, you know, and, and, it, and it was actually like a habit in reverse for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Let me ask you this. Were you able to see um, like other, like you're saying, okay, I don't have a real great role model here. And I'm guessing that you probably saw other examples of, hey, I kind of want to be a dad like that, or I kind of want to be a husband like that, or I kind of want to be kind of like, did you have any of those role models in your life growing up? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, in, in the beginning, I'll say, 
uh, you know, grow up, growing up in Chicago, one of the unfortunate things about the, the city or the area that I grew up in was that a lot of the kids, a lot of the um, the the young teens or whatever that you'll whatever you'll call them, they were in the same situation that I was in. It wasn't common for kids in my area to have both parents in the household or even just a healthy uh, experience of fatherhood. And so we did move to the suburban area, uh, Woodstock, Illinois. We moved out there uh, in middle, I moved out there in middle school. And then I, I think I graduated high school out there. And so moving out there, it gave me another perspective, right? Because out there was a different demographic of people. And, you know, just the facts are there was more, you know, mother and father households out there. Now I played a lot of sports, basketball, football. I participated in track and wrestling and stuff. And so I'd see my friends' dads come to the games. My friends' dads pick them up from, you know, from uh, practice. And and honestly, my it's something that I didn't mention. My mom didn't have a car when I was growing up. So we either walked everywhere. We took the bus. We took a cab. Now, if it was just me, I was getting rides from friends. So I saw how fathers interacted with their sons and, you know, my friends or, you know, my teammates. And so I would, I would guess, I guess you can kind of call it, I would collect data. I would see different things that they would do with their kids. And I'd be like, okay, I want, I want that. Or, you know, I don't, I don't want that, but I I like the way they interact at the game or I like, you know, there was, let me, I'll give you an example. There was a time where I had a buddy named Jake. I won't say his last name for the sake of the podcast, right? I don't know if he wants his whole name out there, but I had a buddy named Jake and he knows who he is. But there was a time where he, we both tried out for uh, the basketball team. And and I think there was a position he was going for that he didn't get. And so on the way home, they actually, I went back to his house that night, him and his dad were in the front seat. I was in the back seat and you know, Jake was pretty upset, right? He was expressing his emotion, something that I wasn't used to doing. Like, remember, I was used to suppressing and he was outwardly expressing his emotions. And man, it kind of gives me the chills. But, you know, when we got out of the car, just, I mean, I saw like his dad was, his dad was talking him through it. But at the same time, his dad was tearing up himself. And I thought, and now as an adult, I see how beautiful of a moment that is. Sorry, that gives me chills. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing to to see that, like, especially like I said, now as an adult to relive that as we're talking it, it's it's such a beautiful thing to be able to share an emotional moment with your child as their father because you love them so much and you want like I'm sure his dad was like. Man, I wish I could. I wish I could have been there in the practice to 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 coach you through it and talk you through it and get you that position. But you didn't, and and I and I understand how you feel and I feel these feelings with you. And we're gonna feel these feelings together and we're gonna come out on the other side together. And so shout out. I'll call them. I call them pops, right? Shout out to pops. You know who you are. Shout out to Jake and 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 that right there is is something that I really. Uh, took to heart as a young kid and seeing how another father reacted with his son. And so there was definitely guys that I connected with along the way as a young man that I still talk to, to this day, you know, my eighth grade basketball coach, coach Jay, the, uh, um, the, the police officer at 
at the high school that I went to in Chicago, OB. These are guys that have been on my podcast um, and I love them to death. I love them to this day. I had two uncles as well growing up that were very great role models for me. Man, I love that. Love to hear that. So let me ask you this. When was the moment or the, maybe you could tell us the story where you said, I realize now I want to, I want to help dads. I mean, when, when did that happen? Was it a slow thing? Was there a certain moment? Was there a kind of a, a gradual realization? Was there a specific something that happened that said, you know what? I want to help dads. Mm. That's a great question. You know, we bought our house in Taylor, Texas. Uh, I think we, we finally, we closed on our house in September of 2021, I want to say. And it was about October of 2021. I was sitting in the house and I was having another one of those moments. Now, my son's like two months old at this time. And I'm looking at him and I'm excited to be a dad. But, you know, as dads, we also sometimes are like, okay, you know, am I doing enough? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. And so right. I, was, I was sitting on the couch and I was like, okay, what, like, I'm not just to give you some details. I, I was in the military at this time. I was active duty with the army national guard out there. Um, and, but still for me that, you know, I was about six years into my contract at that time. I was, I was kind of in the mindset of transitioning out. And so, you know, I'll sit on the couch and I just had this whisper. I felt, it felt like a whisper in my ear. Uh, and it, it just the name itself, Ripple Effect Fatherhood, kind of came and just whispered in my ear. And I and I'll, I'll credit I'll credit God to this day, saying that He whispered that in my ear that day. And really, it wasn't even just that that was the turning point. When I heard it, I was like, "Okay, that sounds awesome, Ripple Effect Fatherhood." But the turning point for me was when I had this thought in my head that said. You know, this is going to be a nonprofit dedicated to providing the positive presence of fatherhood in the lives of everyone. And I ended that thought by saying that is a cause worth dedicating the rest of my life to. And when I said that, I was like, okay, that's that's it. Like that's that is something that I I mean, I will be a father for the rest of my life, right? Because I, the Lord blessed me with my son and my wife. And, but even furthermore, I was like, fatherhood's never going to go out of style, never going to go out of business, never going to, it's never going to not be relevant. Right. And so we always, I mean, even if, you know, cause our, our, our goal, our vision would be to have every father in the home and every father doing the best they can. But as we both know, you can be in the home and you can do the best you can, but we always have room to improve. And, and so I just say that this has been one of the greatest things for me to realize in my life is that, hey, I'm not chasing a millionaire status. I'm not chasing a dollar figure. I'm chasing a world where we have a community of fathers. And when I say a world, I mean a global impact that I want this nonprofit to make, you know, we have a, cause, cause I mean, that's another thing. I mean, their fatherhood is different in each culture fatherhood. So I'm, I, you know, there's so much that I can learn. There's so much that we can learn as a community of fathers. And so really that idea that this is a cause that is worth dedicating the rest of my life to. And it's something that I believe that my son would be proud to say that he was a part of. Oh, that was, 
that was a selling point for me. That was it. I always told people, I said, Hey, um, I don't know the what, I don't know the how, I don't know the who, I don't know the where, the when, but I know the why. And as long as I have the why, the Lord's going to provide the rest. Man, I, <laughs> I'm speechless, man. I love this. I'm getting tingles every time you, you open your mouth on this. This, this ability that you're showing that you're going to do it on a global basis, that you're going to help people. Mm -hmm. And I believe you will. I can, I, I believe you are and you're doing it. Um, gosh. Love it. I appreciate Let me you, ask man. you this. Talk about these dads being present in the home. What's what's the difference between a present dad and a dad who's not? Oh man, I had a guest on my podcast, and you know, I, I won't name drop, but he's a pastor actually out here in Charlotte. I gotta let him know that I'm here now. Um, but he he okay, if I remember correctly, I, and I hope I say this right. He said, um, he said, um, this is a beautiful thing on my show. He said, um, a present dad, a, a dad knows that he has kids. A present dad knows his kid. Oh, I have to just, I have to knows go back. Kids. Yeah, I think I, I have to. I have to go back and find the quote, but here's, here's my take on it. Basically Dude, what he was saying. Put it in the show notes. It would be awesome. Yeah. 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 I'll have to, I'll have to go back and find it and I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll send you the quote. Um, but basically, a, you know, the difference between a present dad and a dad who is not present, right? Not because you can have a, a dad that's physically there, but not, you know, mentally present, not emotionally present. Um, you know, the difference for me is really, do you, do you see yourself as a father first, right? Because as men, we have different things going on in our lives. And so I think it's important for a present father to understand every single day that you're a, you're a husband and a father first, right? Those two things I believe go hand in hand, right? Now, me personally, right. I go to work and I do fatherhood on the side. I'm a, I go to work to provide because I believe that providing is part of my duty as a father. Not that it's like the father is just something I do on the side. Like the providing the job itself is part of my job to help my wife and my children be provided for. So it's a, yes. it's a subset of being a dad rather than it's just something else I do. Is that what you're mm -hmm. saying? Like the job is something it's, it's less important than me being a dad. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, like, just like you said, I mean, the job is anything outside of your, your, you being a dad is secondary to you being a dad, you know? Um, yeah. It's, it's very, and that's, that's really, that's really my, that's really my take on it. Now, even furthermore, something that I've learned in my fatherhood journey early on, and I did a little segment on our show, I do these little solo segments where I just kind of put out little key pieces of wisdom that I think the Lord just kind of gives me every now and then. But one of them was called selfish selflessness, the importance of selfish selflessness. Yeah, explain you know, that. 
yeah so the idea behind it is that as a father it's important to put yourself first and stick with me here all everybody listening put yourself first in order to give your best self to your family or to your kids right and the reason i say that is because i've heard some fathers say that you know man i hate my job but you know it pays the bills and it keep and it feeds the kids and i understand that people do what they have to do right and, and i'm just using employment as one example right but people do what they have to do in order to provide you have to do what you got to do in order to provide right but it's important also to understand that your happiness your joy the 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 and expressing it daily and and living it your kids see that and so if you think that just putting food on the table is doing enough to to mold them into the people that you want them to be i just personally i don't think that that's i i just disagree with that i think that as a father whether it be your employment whether it be your physical health your mental health your emotional health financial health whatever the case is i think it's important to understand that you have to be selfish in a sense of hey i got to i got to make sure that i'm good in all these aspects physical mental emotional everything that everything that is involved with you feeling joy because i like that i like that keep going sorry yeah no worries well, well and 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 that, the reason for that is because you you want to give your best self to your family and giving your best self isn't just providing financially giving your best self is literally radiating positive emotions radiating positive thoughts radiating positive ideas to your family to your kids so that they see that and they say oh dad's happy dad's joyful i want that you know what i mean and and so that's the idea behind selfish selflessness and I love that thought because it's, I think sometimes we are we start thinking, okay, I have this part of my life which is my work, and it's separate from this part of my life which is my I'm being a dad. And I, you know, may, if I go to the gym or take care of myself, that's separate from my work. But the truth is, what's happening at work affects how I'm being a dad. Because if I'm having this really horrible experience all day long, and I come home and I'm grumpy, and I take it out on my kids, or I take it out on my wife, or I take it out because I'm not quite there yet. Or, you know, if I'm not exercising, for example, and so I'm so tired, I can't play with my kids. Well, that, that affects uh, what kind of a dad I am. So you're saying like, instead of saying, okay, I have these separate silos that they're not connected. Well, they're really all, all connected. So let's find joy at work. Let's, let's find joy and exercise. Let's include our children. And then as we have that, that joy, and in, in, in various aspects, it flows in to being a father. Uh, is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, absolutely. And it goes back to what I kind of mentioned in the beginning, which is don't forget, like you still have your own life to live as well. Like you're still living your own life. You're still learning as you go. So yes, like you're a father now and, you, and you're responsible for this life that the Lord has privileged you to be responsible for but you're still a 
human being that is going through life and learning and experiencing things. And so for you fathers out there that are listening to this, I'm not saying to go quit your job, right? If you're not happy with it, what I am saying is that it's important to, you know, here's a simple practical thing that you can do is to start small, right? Start doing, start um, including things in your day that bring you joy. So one thing that my wife and I started doing is at the end of the day, actually, we, we, we compare our top five uh, joyful moments in the day. Right. And, and what that does is throughout the day, the next day, we're looking for moments of joy in our day, because you could be in a job that you think that you don't like or and you and you don't plan to be on that in that job forever but one thing that you can do when you're there is excuse me look for the good and the joyful moments right because and and really what it is is you're 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 putting yourself in a constant state of joyfulness and and if and and we all want our kids to be joyful i hope you know we all we all want them to have positive emotions all the time and so if we embody that in ourselves we, they have the best chance of, of, of experiencing that in their own lives. I like that. I like that a lot. In fact, that's something I think is a great idea. I'm looking for, for five moments of joy every day, because then it starts keying you in to the positive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got to tell you, I, I, my brother is really into education and he even went to Harvard. He's got a degree in education. One time he, rec- he recommended this book to me. It's called uh, The Power of Positive Parenting by Glenn Latham. And in this book, basically it talks about how if you really want to influence your children, if you can think of behaviors as like seeds. So I see a behavior. Uh, kids are so hungry for attention. If I can water the behaviors that I want to see grow, if you imagine I have like a pitcher of water in my hand here, I'm watering the seeds. Um, they found through research, and, and, and it's, it's also just part of the golden rule, right, that people like, um, that the best way to influence your children is to catch them doing something right. Be like, hey, I really like the way you're playing so so nice with your brother there. I really like how you're working on that math problem. You put a lot of effort into it. Or, or you know, you, you really hit that ball really nice or whatever it is. And being positive, I think sometimes as, as parents, you know, you see, and sometimes as dads, we can fall into this, where we've seen the negative, like, you can't believe you didn't do this, or you didn't do this, or you should have done this. But they found that the, the most, the best way to influence our kids is, to, is when they're doing stuff that's right, to give them attention for that. And just that one thought, just that, reading that one book by Glenn Latham, Power Pause and Parenting, I thought, you know what, that's a message that changed the way I parented. Because I thought it didn't come naturally for me to say, I'm going to show you everything you're doing right. Um, and, and it kind of helped me. So I like that. Um, one other thing you said that was interesting. I like how you said, my, I'm a father first. And, and I, I heard someone once say, they said, you know, I don't go to work. And in this situation, you know, my wife does stay home. Not a, That doesn't happen everywhere. But the thought was, I go to work. Not My wife doesn't stay home so I can go to work. I go to work so that I can, so that she can stay home and provide that nurturing to her children too. Cause I, I believe the three P's of fatherhood are you got to provide, you got to preside, so you lead and you got to protect, right. And, and be there. And, 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 and anyway, um, 
That's huge. That's huge. I love that. Yeah. Let me ask you this. What would you give advice? I mean, what advice would you give to someone who's struggling with addiction? You mentioned that there, that might've been something that was affected you when you were growing up. Wow. You know, I'm actually glad you brought that up because <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about addiction a little bit. Now I'm by no means an expert. I haven't gone to school for it or nothing. Okay. I mean, the only school that I've been to it is the school. The only school that I've been to as far as addiction is the school of life. Okay. And I'll, I'll right. explain that a little bit. So like I told you guys, my dad, you know, suffered from addiction growing up. Um, and there's details, you know, that we won't get into. The fact of the matter is, you know, he suffered from drug addiction um, and it had a major impact on my life. And when I say a major impact, of course, you know, it impacted me by him not being there. But, you know, for your audience, I'll go ahead and share the fact that I also dealt with that in my own life. Right. So. Yeah. So, you know, I deployed in 2018 uh, to Afghanistan, came back and and this was before my son was born. But um, I had my own. I'm not I'm here's what I will say. I'm in by no means pa placing responsibility for my choices on the deployment or on the military or anything like that. The choices that I made were the choices that I made. Okay. Uh, I found myself, I don't know, I guess, I don't know the right way to say it, but if I'm being honest with myself, I was, I, I get, I did find myself in a position where I was becoming dependent on alcohol, right? Pretty extensively to, to the point where it almost cost me my marriage to the point where I made probably one of the biggest mistakes that I ever could make in my marriage. And so I, I'm I'm so I'm so willing to share that with your audience uh, because yeah I mean something that I've learned about well first let me say this you know I have such a blessing and I'll, I'll say it again such a blessing in my life and my wife Madison um, and and you know just just a gift from God and you know that gift from God is a big reason why I'm actually here on this podcast speaking and, and breathing the oxygen here. Okay. And I won't get into details about that, but I think we can all infer what alcoholism can do to you. And so I was there, I was in a dark place in, in my life and, and it got me to one of the lowest places that I've ever been. I'm, I'm willing to share that with your audience and be as vulnerable as I can be because there's somebody out there who also needs someone to save their life in some way, right? Or there may be in the future, there may be not, whatever the, whatever the case, that's why I'm able to be so vulnerable. That's why I'm so willing to be so vulnerable. The advice that I'd give somebody that may be suffering from addiction, knows somebody suffering from addiction, whatever the case is, the advice that I would give you is the advice that I had to give myself when I finally decided not to uh, partake in alcoholism anymore. And that was 
I really just had to ask myself what, like, what do I want in my life? And is this, is this serving me in, in a good way? Right. Like when you look down at this drink in your hand or this, whatever it is that you, that you may find yourself dependent on, is it, ask yourself, like even write it down. Like, is this thing serving me write down, you know, the positive things that it does for you and then write down the negative things that it does for you and then analyze that list and then be honest with yourself. Do I want to continue using this thing that I'm depending on? You know, is it hurting the relationships that I'm in? Is it, is it, healthy for me mentally? I mean, do I have good emotions when I use this thing? Like, are those emotions truly good? Or are those emotions temporarily getting you by? Right? Like those things, you really have to analyze. And, you know, with addiction, it's one of those things where you have to you have to come to grips with yourself, like you can you can get the outside help. And it's and I'm not saying that the outside help is bad. But until you make the internal decision, like that's that's where things change until you make the internal decision that, hey, I'm flipping the switch. I'm turning the page. And here I'm starting, you know, and here's a big thing. Here's here's okay. I have actually have have a better one. Stop putting other people's thoughts about you before your thoughts about you, right? Because I think that was a big thing that I dealt with was that I was so concerned about how other people would feel about the things that I was doing that it would actually cause me to drink more. You know, it would cause me to be even more, it would cause me to feel even less or, you know, because I felt that, you know, people knew what I was getting into that you know, everybody would be so ashamed or so this and so that. And I just had to tell myself, like, I just had to just just block everybody else out and say, hey, Christian, what do you want? How do you feel? What do you want to see out of yourself going forward? And then once I just threw everything out the window, as far as what everybody else thought about me or, or cared about me, I was able to just go forward in peace. And that, that is what really got me to where I am today. That's wonderful. And I love how you're also, you know, you, you talk about um, the Lord gave you this and that and, and, and your child and your marriage, how you're so, you know, it's okay to bring that up. It's okay to say, you know, um, and, and to listen to your own, like, sometimes those negative thinking patterns because can bring us down like, well, I'm doing something bad and now I feel even worse. So I'm going to try to drown it with more. It can kind of become a downward spiral. But um, I like that, like listen to the positive, your own internal thoughts more. And uh, I think it's been great that you've been vulnerable because, you know, I think there are a lot of, a lot of dads out there who are struggling with some sort of an addiction. And that doesn't necessarily, it could be alcohol, it could be some drug abuse. It could be pornography. It could be uh, could be a, uh, a a tendency to get angry, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even being angry could be an addiction that is um, something that's hard to overcome, right? But what, like when you said, let's write it down and say, like, what's what's what are the real effects of me being angry? What are the real effects of me continuing to to use 
some sort of substance in, in a bad way, right? right? And I think it's also just that you're willing to admit and be vulnerable and say, hey, maybe I need some help with this. But it does come eventually, you've got to make the decision. I'm going to turn the page, like you said, and flip the switch. And it's, and it's okay to be vulnerable and say, hey, uh, I have this problem and I'm now I need to get, get over it. So good for you. I think that that's one thing, you know, the fact that you're willing to talk about it and, and, and confront it and say, you know, it was something that was hard for me because my dad wasn't there because of it. And you're doing like trying to be the, the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. And if you don't mind, X, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to just mention one more thing, you know, because after you do that self-analysis, right, I think that that is key. Like that self-analysis is probably that, that, that first thing where you really have to be honest with yourself. But after that, and because you mentioned it and, and, and I really wanted to kind of expand on it, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta, you have to go talk to somebody who can help you through this. Now, when I, you you know who can you know who in your life can't help you through this right so that's really the important part of what i just said right you have to go talk to somebody who can help you through this right you can't just go talk to anybody right because there there's people there there were people in my life that i couldn't go talk to about what i was going through because and it, it's not to it's not to downplay who they are but they just, they weren't in a position to help me. Right. Either they were, they were, you know, they were drinking or not to say that they were addicted, but they were, you know, doing the things that I was doing, just not at the, not at the level that I was doing them or so, so be discerning on who you go talk to, but make sure you go talk to somebody who can help you through this. Don't suppress like I did because I suppressed and suppressed and suppressed and that suppression and I'm just going to say it, that suppression almost killed me. So don't suppress, do that self-analysis, and then go talk to somebody who can help you through it. Well, uh, be humble enough to reach out for help. And, and the truth is, as dads, we all need help. Yeah. And, and the truth, you know, you said this, you said, I know, here I've got my, my baby. I felt this too. I felt the same thing you expressed. They didn't come with an instruction manual, right? Yep, yep. And, I'm responsible to be their dad. And you can feel that that mm -hmm. way. So it's, it's good to say, you know, maybe I need a little help. Let's get some advice. Let's see what these dads are doing that's working and not this. And also, if they have some, some serious issues, it's not the end of the world. Like right. there's a, a lot of a lot of dads who are good dads have serious issues. Get some help and do your best to get over that and just keep going. Like it and 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 keep going. You're, you're you can make this, right? And if you and if you if you have an addiction. And let's say you've you've quit 500 times. Keep going, you know, like keep going. It's not don't give up. If you have to keep going, do it again. If you have to, you tried and it failed, just keep going. Do it again. Do it again. One day you're going to get past it. Mm. So don't don't and make that decision. You're going to flip the switch, right? Yes. I just every day. Say, well, I've tried to quit or I've tried to quit and it hasn't worked out, so I can't quit. And then they continue with the addictive behavior. No, sometimes you have to keep trying and that's okay, but don't give up. Mm -hmm. Every day is the, every day is, is a new day to make that decision. Just because you see somebody who's been sober or who isn't dealing with the addiction, like every, every single day is a new day to make the decision 
to be better. There you go. I love that. I love that. So let me ask you this. What's the single most important lesson that fatherhood's taught you, Christian, so far? That's a great question. The single most important lesson that fatherhood has taught me up to this point, uh, I would say, really, and, and not to repeat myself, but it, the single most important lesson that I've, that I've learned up to this point is the idea of selfish selflessness. The idea of, of giving attention to myself doing those doing that self analysis making sure that i am good physically mentally emotionally spiritually making sure that i am being the best version of myself in order to give myself to others especially my family but not just my family to people that i encounter at walmart at the gas station at like that right there you know, when I had my son, I realized that I I want to give him the best version of fatherhood that I can. And so in the beginning, I was like, well, how do I do that? Well, what does that look like? And so I was looking to outside sources. I was looking to, to you know, how this dad is with his kid and how this, and I got to a point in my life where I was like, well, I'm very different than those people my situation is very different than theirs. My story is very different than theirs. My history, my past, the things that I've gone through. And so then I was like, well, I can learn from them and I can pick up little things here and there, but really I have to turn my attention inward and say, Hey, am I doing things on a daily basis that make me feel good? and make me confident that I'm being the best version of me. Am I going to get it perfectly right every single day? I never do. I guarantee you that I never get it perfectly right every None single day. Exactly. exactly. We all great dads blow it all the time. But yes. We, they keep going and they try to get better and they admit their mistakes and say, Hey, I blew it. And, and try to make it better. Right. Try to. Yes. Yes. If you are focused on being the best version of yourself, you're going to do the very best that you can, right? It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be the best that you can. And then you're able to give the best that of you to your children and your children will see that and they will pick up on that. And then they will repeat that when they become fathers or mothers or, you know, what have you. And so I think that that because it, it, when I learned that I was, I, I started to do different things in order to, in order to better, like, for example, I mean, you know, obviously I get up and I work out right in the mornings. Like that's, that's important. Right. You brought up the fact of running, you know, running around with your kids and having the stamina. My kid is, he's 20 months old. I mean, he's all over the place. Right. So I got to yeah, be able to keep up with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, and I want him to play sports. I want to be able to, to, to coach him and uh, to, to teach him different things. And so it's important for me to stay in shape, but, but even more so, you know, I've started eating, eating cleaner, right. As I was growing up, you know, and, and, you know, I'm only 26. Right. And so like, with that said, I've always grown up with this mindset of I can eat whatever I want as long as I work out. But 
you know, as I've gotten older and especially becoming a father, I was like, well, it, you know, what you put into your body is important, right? Because it affects your mind. And if it affects my mind, anything that affects my mind, when I became aware of this thing in here, when I became more aware of this and I started giving more attention to this, that's when I was like, okay, I see anything that I'm putting in here and feeding this thing is going into my son, right? It's going into my wife. It's, it's literally covering my, it's, 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 it's going around my house. It's going around our home. So anything that I'm putting in here has to be healthy, has to be good. Anything I'm feeding this kind of goes up here. So, so, so doing that self-analysis really taught me that, Hey, I need to focus on being the best version of me, putting myself first, first thing in the morning, right? So that I can give the best version of me to my family. I love that. And it reminds me of something Stephen Covey said. Stephen Covey, years ago, he wrote this book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he basically said, it's almost like if you see somebody in the woods who's sawing a log and you say, hey, you know, you could saw a lot faster if you sharpen your saw. And the person says, I don't have time to sharpen the saw. I just got to get all this work done. I've got so many trees, I got to saw. And sometimes to say like, you know what, I'm going to get up. I'm going to exercise like you're talking about, right? Where I say, well, that makes it so I have more energy throughout the day and I can be a better dad, a better husband. So you're right, that that kind of selfless selfishness or selfish self. I can't remember how you said it, it was, it was beautiful. But being able to sharpen your saw, get up and and take the time to, to put your priorities straight. Take the time to, uh, you know, exercise or to, um, to get spiritually aligned with mm. God. To get... Uh, mentally aligned to do those things so that you can say, okay, you know what? I can be the best version of myself for my, for my wife, for my children. Super profound. You know, yeah, I'd like to uh, give another practical exercise that I've started doing, you know, because maybe everybody that listens doesn't, doesn't, um, doesn't believe in, in, in God, you know, or doesn't believe that there is a God and, you know, everybody's, you know, you're whatever the kid, we won't get into that, but something practical that you can do that I've also incorporated into my daily habit is, you know, you can even take now one thing that you, if you, I get up early in order to have time to myself in order to kind of sharpen my saw, like you were talking about, and, you know, one of the things that I do during that time is, you know, I just, I just, I, 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 I turn, I put my AirPods in, but I put the noise cancellation on, but I don't turn anything on. Excuse me. And then for 15 minutes, I just, 15 minutes, just inhale, exhale, listening to your breath, right? 15 minutes in the morning. I mean, just, just something so practical just to kind of, calm yourself and 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 remind yourself that hey just the fact that there's air going into your nose and out of your mouth or into your nose and out of your nose and you can't really explain like it kind of opens your eye it kind of gives you that extra sense of gratitude it kind of gives you that connection to the things that are not physical in this world you know and it it just kind of it kind of, for me, it just it puts a smile on my face. Yeah, I love that. Getting, getting, so just breathing for 15 minutes and it can reset. Love that. Mm-hmm. Love that. 
we know Christian, it has been an honor to have you on the show. I, 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 for any of you, I suspect there may be some of our listeners who had similar experiences to you. Christian is a beacon of hope that you can change whatever happened in the, in the past and make it better. Any, anybody wanting to reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you, Christian? Absolutely. So, I mean, we have, we have our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook. You can look us up at re.fatherhood or ripple effect fatherhood for any of you dads out there or anybody that has any, you know, personal questions or, or really, you know, anybody out there that is just looking for somebody to, to talk to, you need some additional help. You know, again, I'm no expert. I don't have credentials outside of the life experiences that, that I've been able to live. You can email us at ripple effect cooperation at gmail.com. I'd love to have a conversation with you. Um, yeah, I mean, those are the, the main ways to, to look us up. We also have a YouTube channel, ripple effect fatherhood. That's where we post all our, all of our interviews. And then, you know, we're on all social media platforms, Spotify, Apple music, and et cetera. Just look us up ripple effect fatherhood. Uh, I think we're the only one out there right now. So. Love it. Ripple effect fatherhood with Christian Van Buren. Every time I say this, I say your name and we talk right here. I feel tingles. You're doing a great thing in the world. You're a rock star for helping dads. Check Christian out, follow him. We'll put some notes in the show note for his YouTube channel and other, other social media here. Christian, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for being a beacon of light to many who find themselves in the same or similar situation you were in to say, you know what, even though I didn't have a dad or I didn't have a dad that was checked in or I had a dad that maybe wasn't quite the way I wanted him to be. I'm going to make a difference and learn and change. And I'm going to make my pain into my superpower. And you're doing it. Thank you for being on the show. Absolutely, X. Thank you for having me.